the worship. Thanks, guys, for that. It was awesome. Just in that moment of our papa is so good to us. And oh, I'm going to cry again. Oh, I spent the last 15 minutes with tears running down my face. I'm really conscious that um, I'm a kinesthetic person. I feel and I just everything's emotions and feelings. Um, and for some, that's not as easy to access. And I just want to speak to that a little bit this morning, um, knowing God's love and being able to actually feel and experience it because the word says we can. So if you're not a feelings person and you don't like all the gooey stuff, just give me 20 minutes. <laughs> um, bear with me because I think this is really, really important. Um, you know when you get – I think we all have different feelings and emotions about this, but if you get called to the principal's office – that feeling, um, or you have to go to dad and say, I crashed the car. Um, you know, you're laughing because you know how it feels. That sense of like impending doom, and I think I'd rather hide or run away or just pretend rather than go to that big person or go to dad or go to mum and admit my stuff and be privy to their response. Because my perception of what they're going to do or say or how they're going to react, it's not going to be good. I'm fearful of the response. Right? We all know how that feels. Yeah, nod. <laughs> um, and we've also, lots of us in this room have been the parent on the other end of that stuff. And the response and the reaction sometimes comes out of concern, anger, fear, um, you think you've done something wrong as a parent, you know, all the stuff. And so we react and we respond and then our kid sits under that moment of terror rather than being welcomed and, you know, we were talking about it at the parents' night the other night um, at Activate, just that, that sense of being in the moment with your child and go, that, that, I'm sorry, that must be really hard. And then unleash the fury. <laughs> no. But you know what I'm saying? There's that apprehension. And as parents or as human beings, we don't always respond in the best way. So the people around us um, start to possibly perceive that they're not going to be met with a really great response from us. Um, that, And then that word. So there's a word in our culture or a picture, word picture of stepping, walking on eggshells around somebody, um, that you don't know what's going to trigger them. You have a sense that some things you do, the way you're too noisy, the way you just blurt stuff out, the fact that you, I don't know, something about you triggers them and their anger and their reaction. So you end up walking on eggshells, just being a little bit careful around them. And for some of you, you'll have memories, or you may be in it right now, of having to walk around eggshells, walk on eggshells around mother, father, sister, brother, somebody in your life, your partner, that you're just not sure what the response will be. And the best way to deal with it is to just be really careful and not be who you truly are because of the response you fear. That is fear at its worst and that can cause stress and anxiety and all sorts of things because we shut down who we are 
because we don't want to meet an ugly response because it's hurtful and it's wounding. Um, I've, and statistically, most of us in this room will have that sense in an area, one area or other or our whole life towards God that we have to kind of walk around on eggshells with him. We have to have that sort of slightly remove myself in a certain area because I'm fearful about his response to me. We all have that. Um, And some people, I've talked to lots of adults recently through Activate Parents and just people I'm meeting around the place, and there's a lot of adults who have been raised with some belief or other about God. They've been to church as kids. They've been at Catholic school. Um, they've been in a youth group, whatever. And they have experienced a God who is judgmental, who is, I'll list the things that I wrote, because <laughs> harsh, demanding, unrelenting, unkind, a killjoy, unrelatable, and definitely not something that they want to embrace in their life. And that... Um, to me, is really sad. And they're going, okay, it's cool if you have my young person and talk to them about God. It's up to them what they believe. But I've decided I'm out. That dude's not okay with me. And that saddens my heart and it must really sadden the Holy Spirit because he has been portrayed in a not right way. That is not who God is. And um, I want to just present... Some things today that I have been able to kind of incorporate into my life now where that fear-based relationship with God has really started to be something of my past. And there are some keys I want to share with you because I know we all struggle with it. Um, And it does come from stuff in our upbringing. It comes from responses and reactions from our mum and dad when we were little. Um, and they did that stuff because of their own stuff. It's not, I'm not laying blame. I'm not saying if you're a parent that yells or screams or hits or whatever, that um, you've ruined or damaged your children's relationship with God forever because there's a loving father and he can fix that stuff. But he wants to actually fix stuff in you so that you can respond differently. But it's out of grace and love, not out of judgment and fear and manipulation or anything like that. Um, So if I was to sum up the one thing that's had the most impact on my life as an adult believer in the last few years, it's the utterly unconditional, overwhelming, never-ending, relentless, lavish, all-consuming love of my Papa God. It has totally changed me. And I now can call him Papa, which is very American, I know. But I spent a really healing time, 13 years in America, um, of just sitting under some incredibly loving, kind, beautiful representations of our Father God. And over there they call him Papa. So I've I got a Papa. Um, for you it might be Daddy, Dad. I don't know. You'll have a word that's affectionate towards your Father God, and I want you to start unlocking that in your heart today, because it may not be something that you refer to uh, with him. The Bible says that it's really important that we're established in God's love for us, that we put our roots down deep into his love, 
that they go wide into his love, that that is the foundation of who we are and how we respond in life, knowing that we're loved. Um, it's our very identity. You are a loved child of God. Before you're anything else, a dad, a mum, uh, great at your job, good missionary, whatever else it is that we do, our first and foremost identity is a loved child of God. And if you don't know that, it's time to tap into that because there's power in knowing that you're loved. Um, there's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Who's heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Um, anyone who's done counselling or social work or anything like that? It's this kind of pyramid, and the base one is all those physical needs, like food, water, shelter, clothing, all of that. We need that to survive as humans. But the next row up in the foundation of a human being is belonging and love. So that security of knowing I actually belong somewhere, I belong to someone, and I'm loved. And if we don't have that, everything else is wobbly. And we'll start going to look for that in all sorts of places. How do I know I'm loved over here? How do I know I belong or I'm accepted over here? And we come up with some pretty incredible ways to draw that sense into ourselves um, because we need it. And... I've observed in people, I did some um, addictions counselling years and years ago in my counselling training and spent a couple of years working up at Tanikau, um in the addiction centre and watching people who have not known that they're loved and have got themselves really stuck in behaviours to get to receive that, to feel better about who they are, to feel like they've got a place they belong and it's really lost them, all their relationships, all of their finances, all sorts of things, and it's, and it's hard to watch that. But there is hope in knowing that you are loved through all of that. It can actually miraculously change your life. Um, I want to start with a scripture, um, because Lawrence spoke, I think, last week in the notices even, um, about the fact that at KIC we're really wanting to value not information um, and knowledge, but actually transformation. Because I can preach to you and I can read your Bible and you can go, yep, that's really great, awesome. Or judge, you know, how accurate I am or whatever, and it goes in here. But what you need to do is begin to let that filter into your heart and have an experience and a transformation in your spirit and your mind and your body because of what Holy Spirit's doing. We all want that, right? That's our journey. Um, so I encourage you to look at this scripture and uh, enjoy it because I love it. Ephesians three sixteen to 19. I put it on two little um, slides. I pray that out of his glorious richness, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So that is key in there may have the power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love 
that surpasses knowledge. That's interesting, isn't it? To know something that can't be known, but we can know it. Hmm, interesting. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So it's key that you allow Holy Spirit to open your heart to know how wide and deep and high and huge is the love of God and to know it even though we can't know it. Holy Spirit does that stuff to us. We can know things that can't be known because we have connection with God who created all things and he knows all things. So you have a supernatural heightened awareness of stuff that other people don't know yet. We've got to use that. We've got to tap into that. He wants you to know how loved you are, that at every corner that you turn in your life, ah, there's his love for me. Whoa, God really loves me. Oh, look, he loves me over there. He loves me here. He loves me there. Are you, you getting what I'm saying? Because when you know that, then you understand that you're full to the fullness of God. You're worthy of his Holy Spirit just completely flooding and invading your life and pouring out through you all the time. And there is no lack. You are full to the brim of the fullness of God. But you understanding his love for you taps you into the knowledge of that. So it's key, it's key, it's key, it's key. I want to read the last bit of that to you in the Amplified Version, Ephesians three eighteen to 19. I pray that you will be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ which surpasses mere knowledge without experience. So some people can go, yep, God loves me. But you want to surpass just mere knowledge. You want to have an experience that you may be filled up throughout your whole being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Do you know that kind of love? Are you experiencing it today? Or are you like, hmm, I've got the head one. I've got the Jesus loves me, this I know. I've got that. And that's good because it's truth. Do you have the love of God completely overflowing and filling you and you experiencing it? You feel it. Things happen practically in your life and you go, That's God's love for me. Ah, look what he did. Because he loves me. Even the smallest things, like sometimes walking along, I'll look at, well, and actually cooking dinner. Yeah, because we have a window that looks out over and where the sun sets. My kids probably are like, oh my gosh, mum. Every every night when the sunset is beautiful, I'm like, guys, guys, come and look at this. And in my heart, I'm going, God loves me because look at that sunset. He knows I love it. He knows I want to be in this room at this time looking at this because it's beautiful. That's God's love for me. 
So I'm seeing it and I'm interpreting it everywhere. And I'm not just going, well, that's the sunset and it happens everywhere, so get over it. My heart is going, that's God's love for me. He knows I love that stuff. Look, spectacular. Or little things when you're walking or little things that happen around your day when you go, that provision, just I needed that. The car parks, Vera, right? Getting a car park when you're stressed out. Sometimes God just knows he's got your number. There's my car park. Okay, great. Thank you, Jesus. You love me. And it's being, it's starting to be aware and let your hearts be flooded with his love because it changes who you are and you start having your roots go down deep into it. Then nothing anybody says or does to you will shake that because your roots are down deep in the love of God who loves you like no human being could. He doesn't have a reaction or a response. He doesn't get triggered. He's not in the office going, all right, get over here. It's not what he's like. But somehow we have to change our hearts to stop that perception so that we will very freely open up to him and not be fearful of the big stick coming out. Um, There's this revelation that I received a little bit ago, and um, I just want to share this to kind of help with that judgment thing. Um, most of us know the verse, perfect love casts out fear, right? So when we're fearful, we go, perfect love casts out fear. Come on, get rid of it. Go. But we don't look around the verse and have a look at what else it says in there. How does perfect love cast out fear? Because it would sort of make more sense to go, well, perfect confidence casts out fear. Perfect peace casts out fear. Why does it say love? So if we look at that scripture, 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So I used to look at that and go, okay, it's all about the. if I've got fear, then I'm not in perfect relationship with God and there's something I did and now I'm fearful and da, 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 made it all about me rather than going, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because my fear that I'm feeling right now is to do with punishment. The one that fears is not made perfect in love. So if we look at this verse in the Amplified, it's, it, it gobsmacked me when I looked because I was like, I don't really understand this. So Amplified sometimes helps because it just pulls the words out and, and gets the right meaning in behind the words. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. Do you sometimes have that sense of dread? Something's going to happen. I probably deserve a bad day today. Haven't had many for a while. It's kind of coming up. I guess it's around the uh, dread. But perfect love, complete, full-grown love drives out fear. Because fear involves, get this, the expectation of divine punishment. So it's not the expectation that just something bad is going to do because karma. No, it's we have an expectation of divine punishment. God's going to get me. God saw what I did and he's going to get me. 
to put it straight or make it right or punish me so that I'll change my behaviour. We have an expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love and has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. You should see that. It's not uh, the one before that said, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We can misinterpret that. But if you look here, the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love because they haven't yet grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. And that understanding of God's love is right there. It's close to you. It's not far away. You don't have to go digging for it. You don't have to trek a mountain to try and find it. It's just that in that place in your life right now, you haven't yet realised the Papa's love in that space in your life yet. You're still expecting judgment. You haven't received love yet. But that love is right there for you to receive. Does that? Can you see that connection? I love that because it makes it, it, it lets us off the hook and we start to go, okay, the actual reason why Jesus came is because of God's love for us and out of love, he took care of our sinfulness completely so that no longer do we relate to God out of that, but we relate to God out of the gift of the righteousness of Jesus that is freely given to us, that we know he's not counting our sins against us. He's not up there with a stick. He's not going, right, principal's office, dude. Let's get this sorted. He's going, I need you to know that I love you right in that place. I absolutely have offered forgiveness and cleansing and wholeness and freedom. Will you receive it? Will you believe it and receive it? Because it's free and it's yours. And that changes your heart and you begin to see love. And love pushes that fear away. It goes, you know what, you actually don't need that. You don't have to have the expectation of divine punishment because it isn't there. That son has already been punished, put away, done. Don't you wish that everybody knew this? How different would it be if everybody knew that their Father God loves them like that? That judgment and fear doesn't have to be part of this whole deal. He's taking care of it so that we will be embraced by his love for us. <clears throat> so we need, a, we need acceptance and approval. That's part of, of love, is knowing that you're okay with me. I can come to you. You're not going to be punishing or mean. We don't have to walk around eggshells with our Papa God. And as we can begin to let that defence down, it changes the way we respond to him and the way we feel about ourselves and the way we look at him. And then life starts to change. Transformation comes. I know it has happened to me and it's unbelievable. When I wake up in the morning and go, I'm so loved. I'm so right with God. I'm righteous. I'm walking into my day with the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I'm loved. 
When you walk into a room knowing that you are a loved prince or princess, that you have that relationship, everything is different. Everything changes. It's amazing. And, um, yeah. I would give you scriptures about that. They're in the Bible everywhere. I've got some on my chart if you want to look. You have been forgiven. It happened at the cross. Done deal, finished. You are righteous. God is not counting your sins against you. He wants you to know that you're loved, that you're right with him. He wants that to be the foundation. Because when you know you're righteous, and um, it's not just sort of a thing that, like with the concept of the robe of righteousness we were talking about with the prodigal son, that was a reinstating of who he was. You are right with me. You are my son. You're welcomed in here. So it's really important we don't see the image as, well, God's righteousness, we wear it, but really on the inside we're just stinky and gross. Because that's what the son felt like when he came back to the father. I'm stinky, I'm sinful, I've sinned, I've sinned, I'm, um, where is that? I've got it written down, his actual wording. I can't find it. He said, I need to go back to my father and tell him that I've sinned against him and I'm not worthy to be his son, but I'll come back because in the father's house is kind of good and it's where I want to be, but I'll be a servant there. Because there's no way he'll accept me in this state that I'm in. But the father is running like, come here, buddy. It's been too long. Come back into my love for you. Know that you are a fully fledged son, daughter with all the trappings because of Christ Jesus. It's not about you. Accept it and receive it and know who you are and let that be your foundation. So the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and the perfect love of the Father are your identity. And when you have those two together and they're starting to do their work in your heart and your mind, you start to change. So you can go, oh, I'm feeling fearful in a place. I'm really worried. I don't know what. God's going to get me. I just feel it. I've got this feeling, this dread, or this, this thought that he's probably going to come at me about something. Just go, I haven't yet known full love in that place. That's okay. He's not mad about it. He's going, will you let me love you right there? Will you let me show you how much I love you in that place? I've made that right. And that starts to change you. And I've found in my life, knowing that I'm righteous begins to manifest my righteousness. (laughs) It doesn't go the other way around. When I know I'm righteous, I start to act in such a way that's honouring to myself, to God, to other people. But it flows out of a knowledge that that's a gift. That's my identity. That's who I am. I don't have to work up for it and then get love. The love is there no matter what. And the righteousness is there no matter what. Because they're gifts through Christ Jesus, because you're loved. So I just I wanted to speak to that this morning. I know I've gone quite long, but I hope that it's helpful because in those places that where you feel like you're being judged or where you feel like you've got that distance with Papa, it's because you're worried that he's judging you in that space. You haven't fully received your forgiveness, your freedom, his love for you. So I want to challenge you 
to do that, to open yourself up to God's love, to go, it's not about loving others, it's not about serving God. No, those things just come, they just flow naturally once you know where you sit and what your roots are. You need to receive his love for you. Just soak it up. Like when we sing that song, lean back in the loving arms of a father, I can go there now just like that because I know that Papa is smiling, that he's in a good mood, that he's kind and gracious and compassionate and that his arms are like this. And I'm like, oh, I can lean into that. And he, he does it. He comes and he just loves me. He wants to do that for you too. The love is right there. So can I pray for you real quick? God, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you are love. That's your identity. That's who you are. Your relationship, Father God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, is a love relationship. You're full and you're complete. You're slow to anger all of kindness and compassion and you've welcomed us into that relationship Lord I pray for revelation for everybody here that they're loved by you Lord I pray in those spaces where the judgment and the dread and the fear sits and where there might be lies about your character and your nature and how you're going to respond, Lord, that you would just come and melt those things away with your love. Will you speak truth to us? And Lord, I just pray and speak over everybody here that the lies of the enemy that are attacking your nature and your character, God, would stop, they would cease and that your love would just pour in Lord give us your grace to receive it, to believe this truth and receive it in Jesus name Amen Just want to finish with a quote by Steve McVeigh He is awesome by the way, he's got some good books um, if you ever want to read something, don't be afraid. It all comes down to one question. Are you loved by God or not? If you believe you are, you can relax. If you don't believe it, there will never be enough words of reasoning to mitigate your fear. So you can listen to my sermon and it'll just go ba-bang. It has to come by belief. It's only perfect love that casts out fear. So lean into that love. Rest into and receive that love. That's your only viable option, <laughs> which I love. It's your only option. Go with the love. Believe it. Receive it. Cool. Thank you.